0: And welcome back to The Graduate Teacher, a uh, podcast for graduate teachers by a graduate teacher. Um, I am Chloe Cole and I am a second year year three teacher in South Australia. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining me again here today. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about all things Book Week. So um, it is. We've just finished the end of book week, uh, a very magical time of the year in the school calendar, one that every child and um, secretly the teachers look forward to as well. It's such a fun time. So I'm going to go through all the things that kind of happened during the week and a few... um, Going to go through all the things to do with book week, costumes, activities that we did, how my school kind of celebrated um, literacy, and also just a few little extra things that happened during the week. So, without further ado, let's get started. Normally, for our school, or well at least, well, I, w- I shouldn't say normally. Last year, we celebrated a lot differently than what we celebrated this year. So, last year was very much we had our dress-up day on the Monday. We had a pyjama day on on the Wednesday. And then we kind of did like a buddy activity throughout the week at some point as well. Um, This week was a little different. We actually had a whole week of um, activities and things happening. So, um, Monday, we had dress up day and that is probably the the day that the kids uh, look forward to and personally the day that I look forward to it and I'm I'm one of those people that kind of don't go um I don't put in half effort I when I decide on something I fully commit to doing that so at um the start of the year when I was carpooling with a teacher friend who also got a job at uh, the same school as me We were talking about Book Week and we were were talking about, uh, I don't actually know how it came up, but we were talking, it was definitely linked to Book Week, but also both of our love for Christmas and how we both really love that time of year and really we would sing Christmas carols all through the year. And they're and our favourite like Christmas movies and things that we do um, as a tradition uh, uh, during Christmas time. And um, my teacher friend, her favourite Christmas movie of all time is The Grinch. And she's actually a few times by a few of her students at her um, old school – um, it kind of said that she looked like Cindy Lou. So she got it in her head that, uh, that's what she was going to do for book week and was like, um, trying to write me into doing kind of like a, um, a partner co- a costume sort of thing. So we're on, cause we are buddy classes as well. Um, and we thought it might be funny if I went as the Grinch. So That's what I did. (laughs) So um, in leading up to where I did lots of uh, planning and I did lots of online searching and shopping in order to uh, get all the bits and pieces that I needed for my costume. Now, last year I actually made um, the main part of my costume from scratch. I drew up the, um, the pattern and I sewed it all together. I even hand dyed most of the fabric as well because... God forbid you could find Dalmatian print fabric at that time. Um, So I went as Cruella de Vil from the new Cruella movie that came out last year um, with Emma in it, starring in it. And I I fell in love with the movie and I thought that would be the coolest costume to do. So I did the – when she's um, on the runway and she wears that Dalmatian uh, slash leather Dior inspired coat – um i I made that, and I went, but I thought this year I didn't want knowing the amount of work that I um had to do in order to pray that, prepare that, and then my workload has increased a little bit more this year in terms of um running a school podcast and um kind of leading the school in um running up a few extra programs and more kids to um grade and plan for. I thought this year I won't make my costume. Although, I still <laughs> I still had to get up at four thirty in the morning in order to get ready for this um, dress up day. So I bought um just I went onto Animal- Amazon and I um, found just one of those standard Grinch costumes with the the fluffy green pants and the Santa um, the Santa suit that goes with it. Um, and it comes with like this really really dodgy mask that you just slip over your head and. Like it, it was pretty creepy to be honest. So I was like, oh, I'm going to ditch that. I actually cut the face mask out of it because it was like a full head one that goes over your head, and it has like the green fur for like his hair um, around the back. So I kept those parts um, to, to glue on my face um, and keep that intact. And I went and found a silicone prosthetic from Etsy. Um, from, um, there's a few people that, um, make a, uh, a bunch of Grinch ones plus a lot of other different ones. And it's a silicon, um, that you, silicon face mask that you glue to your face. Um, so mine came, there were a few that I found online that you could get like pre-painted and stuff, but it cost a fortune. So I kind of found the cheapest option where it, um, it just, I got the face mask and then I ordered the glue separately and then I went to my local spotlight and just grabbed the paint to paint the mask um, and I was freaking out because I ordered this um, face mask and I got it in time but I didn't realise it didn't come with the glue so I ordered the glue after I got the face mask and it was getting closer and closer the day. It was like the Friday um, before the book week um, on Monday and I still hadn't gotten it. Um, it like had been – it lucky it was delivered that day but I had to go pick it up the next day early in the morning because – um, the Frank company that dropped it off is only open for like an hour in the morning because it's a weekend. So I had to quickly rush to get that. So just so I could actually <laughs> um do my costume. Otherwise, it wasn't – I had nothing else to replace that. So um, I did a trial run on Saturday and I glued it all on and I um, painted it all up ready to go so just to re-stick on my face on Monday Um, And that went all right. I had to, when I took it off, the the paint that I used, I mixed up to get the right colour to match, but it actually dried a lot darker. So I had to repaint it um, later that night just to make sure it kind of matched a little bit better the actual fur that I was wearing. Um so <laughs> it was a lot of effort even though I didn't wasn't so I didn't sew my costume just to get it all on and I went all out and put like fake eyelashes on and I even bought yellow contacts um but I've got pictures on my Instagram the graduate teacher if you want to go over and check it out it was pretty sick I I <laughs> looked at myself in the mirror and I didn't you couldn't tell it was me and I had lots of people come up and say is that you miss Cole um, <laughs> I thought as well, like rocking up on Monday, I thought I would totally have kids crying. I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think this through very well, but all the kids were so fascinated, a little creeped out, um, to start off with, but they, they really did love it, which was awesome. And it, it added to the the fun of the day too. So Monday is the dress-up day where the whole school gets involved and I'm lucky enough to be at a school where um, all of the teachers embrace that as well. Um, And we the very first hour of our morning is a parade. So we go to the gym and each class comes up and we pass down the microphone and they get to say who their costume is, like who they're dressed up as. And then once all the classes have gone through, um all the teachers then come up and do the same thing and we we say who we are um and then we're some really really great costumes this year we had um the main guy from trolls we had a the lion from um spot at the zoo we had um Sindaloo obviously and we had lots of other um we had a pirate and um and all the kids <laughs> Um, had a great time as well. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice a little bit. <laughs> and um, at the while, the teachers are our, our MC, um, who is one of our four or five teachers, uh, kind of goes around and asks the students who their favorite costume is. Um, and I was voted unanimously as the fa- the best costume <laughs> for the second year in a row. Um, it was actually funny because they were um, Uh, two people that were like, the Grinch, and then our MC would be like, okay, someone other than the Grinch. (laughs) Two people after that were like, the Grinch. Um, So it was a lot of fun to be able to see all of the kids get up there and – um, see the effort they have gone to in order to create their, um, costumes, and there were some really simplistic ones, um, we even had, um, this cute little Iron Man get up there with, like, a water box on his head, and he was totally in character, like, he's a very big drama boy, um, and, oh, it melted my heart when he got up there, it was, um, he did, that. he was gorgeous, um, so that, um, That's the main kind of thing on the Monday that happens for us. But this year, we actually organised for um, some class swaps. So, four days out of the five days of our week, um, we actually switched with another class in the school. And we had to run our own book week activity with that class. Um, And we – they did it in a way so that we could um, experience a whole bunch of different year levels, um, meet and work with children that we normally wouldn't see or work with um, to build a bigger community, get the students um, experiencing some different um, environments, some different teachers and kind of – kind of build that connection with each other and I thought that was a really great idea and we had such a ball with it throughout the week so Monday afternoon was the very first um, class that I had um, which was one of the one two classes I had two one two classes a reception class and a four five class And um, we each had to pick a book from the shortlist um, for book week. And I chose Walk of the Whales by Nick Bland. It is such a beautiful book and it has so many curriculum links. It has such a strong message. And the kids love it. They find it hilarious. They relate to it so much. And it's like they pick up the moral of the story so quickly. It's so... um, Easy to interpret as well. So um, it took me a little while to figure out kind of what uh, activity I was going to do. Like there was lots of different ideas, and um, I didn't want it to be like anything that was like stereotypical. I didn't want it to be like a colouring activity or like a like crafty thing because I knew that they would have a lot of opportunities to do that through the other classes. Um, So I wanted to do something a little different, and I come across this activity. (laughs) <laughs> um that was a bit of a science experiment with and a bit of um, combining some water play and I was like yes that is the thing that we are going to do so I actually created some mini oceans where um in a container I put in water and um di- like put in some food coloring to dye it like a bluer color so you can tell the difference between the container and the water and we put like sea animals in it some shells and um, I got these little mini um, bath boats little tug boats from like the baby section and like the plastic ones that kind of like um, dip in um, and it can hold like water and all that sort of stuff and um, there were like eight different tubs and the um, where we we and in each boat was um like an oil concoction that i had made mixing like olive oil and um cocoa powder to make it really dark and um look like um a oil um, so we read the book read the book together um in each of the different classes and um what what we did was afterward we would talk about the book and what happened and what kind of we learned from it And then I would kind of do like a little intro to the activity where we talk about, okay, um, we've got these mini oceans outside and there are these very special tugboats. And in these tugboats, there are some oils. And we talk about what do we use oil for? And um, we brainstorm lots of things like cooking. And um, definitely the, the big overarching thing was for like fuel. And then we talked about... How, ele- um, how electricity comes about and how we use oil to um, do a lot of electricity stuff. And we talked about how a lot of the oil comes from other seas, so it's get transported over water. And then what we did was we created our own storm in our mini oceans um, and our um, tugboats, they sank and the oil went everywhere. And they had to use um, – I gave them three different materials. I gave them a spoon – Uh, Some sponges, little mini cut-up sponges, and some of those round cotton balls. And their task was to figure out how they could get the oil out of the water using those materials and talk about which ones were working well, what was not working about all the materials. And um, they had an absolute ball. All um, four classes that I did this with loved it. And we had some really great discussions, it was um, a really purposeful activity, not only was it really fun and play based but um, we got some really meaningful discussions about how, what we noticed our observations, how when we're using the spoon it would scoop up a lot but then um, it would actually make the oil spread and make smaller and get it harder to pick it up and how the sponges only really picked up all the water and we didn't want the water to come out of the ocean because the animals in the ocean need that. And then we talked about that in comparison to the real ocean with the cotton balls and how um, the cotton balls were effective and you could see the colouring, you could see how much oil you are picking up. But you would use a lot of cotton balls in order to do that and we talked about how many cotton balls we would need to do that in the real ocean with a really big um, spill and... Um, we had some even younger kids, especially in the reception class, they would take out the animals and the seashells and um, we talked about how in the ocean um, if we would be able to do that and um, the best way to do that was still keeping them intact. And, um, yeah, we pretty much come up with the point that it's pretty much impossible to clean up the oil once it's been spilled. So we had a bit of a discussion at the end. You come together, talk about our observations and we then we talk about how we could prevent it from happening. What else could we use instead um to avoid oil spills happening in the future, which come up really good with like renewable energies and things like that. <laughs> the four five boys they loved it the most, and they obviously got the most silly with the water they were splashing it everywhere and um <laughs> I ended up having to send them away on a lap um, just to get them out of the situation because (laughs) they were just going way overboard with it. But um, there you go. It it goes to say that um, uh, 11, 12-year-old boys are not um, too old to enjoy a bit of play-based learning. So that kind of happened. Throughout the weekend, the, the good thing about doing it this way, we only had to come up with that one activity um, and just reuse that over and over again. It was definitely harder for some of the other classes, especially um, upper primary who were getting um, the really younger kids, the receptions and having to create activities that um, – I suppose everyone had a challenge with this – create activities that catered for the different age groups um uh, so that everyone had um enjoyment out of it and we didn't have to do much in terms of changing our activity to suit um but that was a whole bunch of fun and um I did a school podcast with um a few different children one from my class one from a one-two class and one from a four-five class about book week um and it all the kids they all they like they hyped and raved about how much fun they had being able to go to the different classrooms or have the different teachers and do all the different activities um they really it was a really big success which was um great to hear um that the kids actually enjoyed um the the thing that we had planned for them so then um so that went for the whole week except for Wednesday On Wednesday nights we usually do, um, after school, There, the students and um, a few staff run a little big book night um, and it's where families come in to the library and they do read a whole bunch of books to each other, like student-led and do a bunch of um, activities together and it's um, a great way to build a sense of community within our school that's not only just to do like within... Learning and curriculum and the normal school stuff, um, and that was a really big success as well. We had a really um, good turnout for that. Um, and then we're actually lucky enough to get a PJ day as well throughout the week. So, not only do we get to um, dress up in our costumes on Monday, we got to dress up in our PJs on Friday um, and have a bit of a, a chill day and um, a cosy day, which is really really fun. I definitely <laughs> was looking forward to that day the most. Um, because who doesn't want to uh, wear their PJs (laughs) to school and just stay nice and warm and cosy? Um, So that was also a nice treat and a great way to end off the week as well. Um, (laughs) It's actually really funny to see. um, It's really weird to see your students in pyjamas. It's, It's such a weird experience. I don't know if any of you have ever had like a PJ day at your school um, uh, from a teacher perspective, <laughs> there was one point I was looking out over my class and looking at all these um people and their personalities and um, how their PJs reflected that, and just looking at them in um such a informal state, um it did make me <laughs> it did think that this is a little strange. I'm not sure how like how comfortable I, how comfortable I am with this, but. Um, it is a lot of fun. Um I definitely want to embrace that a little bit more next year and create a little bit more of an experience and day out of it. Um, whether like and kind of have some um activities and stuff that revolve around um PJs and having a bit of a relaxing t- um time, cozy time. So that was our book week for the week and it was um a lot of fun. Um also, um, what happened during this week, uh, we had uh, some bit of ups and downs with a few of my students so in one particular. Um, at the end of last term, this student ha- um, is diagnosed with ADHD and at the end of the last term, their family changed the medication. So, this student was originally ge- having a dose in the morning and then partway through the day in order to allow him to get through the rest of the day, um, kind of um, get him through that. Um, So they changed that because um, he wasn't sleeping very well. Um, So they changed it, uh, the dosage just to be one at a particular time in order to help him um, sleep through the night, get a nice rest um, and go through that. But they actually went on a big family holiday at the end of last term. So um, we didn't actually see the impact to it until we come back this term. So uh, we saw a few weeks uh, where um, the body was still um, kind of getting used to the, the the fact that there was only one less dose um, and still thinking that it was having um, the um, – having kind of that store, thinking that it was still getting that dosage just to bump it up. Um, but since coming back, this term has definitely been a really big notice in terms of how uh, this student can uh, kind of regulate or co- um, not even just self-regulate, but be able to co-regulate with me or another adult or other students um, and be able to engage um, meaningfully in lessons um, from about midday, so about 12 um, onwards. Um, and it has been a really big problem that... Um, I've noticed, especially quite recently, it's getting um, a lot more worse and having a few conversation with specialist teachers that also have this student, um, it made me realise it wasn't just um, something that I have noticed, but um, is something that is actually something that probably needs to be talked about with the family. Um, uh, But it's really difficult (laughs) to um, kind of uh, work through this situation, so... This student, uh, once it gets from about uh, 12 o'clock, um, we start to see that his um, regulating abilities drop. He gets uh, quite. Um, and I'm trying to think of ways to describe him that isn't in a judgmental way. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm um, picking on a student or anything. I just want to try and be. Uh, paint as clear picture as I can. Um, and I can see this child getting into what we call the yellow zone where we get quite overexcited or quite silly. Um, and we will start to intrude on people's ball space by grabbing onto their legs and not letting go really giggly, um, and minimal, um, verbal communication of, um, uh, phys- like body language and things like that as well. It, like, um, really giggly really um, kind of hyped up a little bit um, and it'll get to the point where this student will then start like ramming their head into other students and um, in a, like a, a, a fun silly way not in an aggressive way at all um, but it is becoming unsafe and um, I'm not being able to engage this student in learning opportunities um, activities that we're doing it's a um, very much a, um, becomes a little bit of a game of, um, kind of uh running around or doing anything but doing the activity that we're required of and, um, can't really talk through them, um, through it with them, um, very easily, like I would be able to do in the morning. Um, this cha, um, student is a lot easier to kind of, um, work through their emotions and things that are troubling them, or um, kind of getting in the way of being in the green zone. But as soon as we get into this um, this time of day, it becomes harder, especially after lunch. Um, it's pretty much a write off until the end of the day. We can't, we can't get this student to engage. And I was speaking with um, the performing arts teacher, and we have just recently did a round of design thinking. So um, it was pretty much. Um, a three-quarter day in the science room doing some design thinking projects um, but we had to switch our music lesson because originally it's lesson two um, and that's when we were doing design thinking up until lunchtime so we swapped it to be after lunch and having a conversation with this teacher now that it's switched back. Um, she was um kind of agreeing with me and was telling me about the, all the things that I had noticed too and how much more um, engaged um, and the growth that we're seeing now that the music's back in the um, – the performing arts lesson is back in the morning now and um, how much better that is for this student and um, how it was when it was in the afternoon was pretty much um, a no-go. So, after speaking to a few other colleagues, um, especially in wellbeing and inclusive ed – um, I will organise a meeting with um, the parents to go through it, but this is the the challenging part is to um communicate these observations and without uh making any assumptions about the cause of it or um saying we think it's this. Um, we want to be able to create a collaborative space, um, and see what their thoughts are and come up with a um a solution together and we know that the, the and especially because this decision was made um, by the family to support this child when they're at home we don't want to make um, them feel like that decision was a poor one because they were doing what they thought uh, and what they think is the best for their child especially getting enough sleep at night and all that sort of stuff um so I'm just going to have to organize a meeting and try to figure out um the best way to communicate this um, in a respectful um and a collaborative way and kind of get through a solution so fingers crossed with that one um this family is actually quite hard to organize with um uh, meetings and things together they have um they are foster parents to seven children um and all their children have um quite significant needs in some way um, and just be able to work around uh, work and appointments and things like that can be challenging um, for them and I can totally respect that. um, That it's definitely something that we need to talk about real uh, soon so we don't get this student falling further behind than they already are. So that's been a bit of a challenge especially um, the last couple weeks and there have been a few times where I've just, it's kind of bringing me really closer to the breaking point because my heart breaks for the student a lot of the time and I can understand how, um, how challenging it could be for this student, uh, to go through this constantly and not have, um, a lot of control over what they are doing and I just wanna be able to help them. Um, but it can be quite frustrating and challenging to try and, try and meet them in the middle um and kind of um guide them and <laughs> support them in a way without being um demanding or um the bad teacher or like um kind of still creating st- maintaining that relationship I suppose is what I'm trying to say is yeah, do that but also keep my sanity and I know that um there are gonna be so many times where I find like this is gonna be a, a challenge and I can't do it all. Um, but in that, just that caring factor for my students is big and that's what makes that hard. But in other news, I um, have, I, at the end of last term, when I had the last, I got COVID at the end of last term, so I actually had three weeks of holidays, go me, yay, um, great timing, COVID. Thank you. <laughs> so, during that last week of last term, I actually used that um, time to finish my standards portfolio to go to proficient. So, um, your graduate teacher here will soon um, not be, will not hopefully soon, will no longer be a graduate teacher, but a proficient teacher. So, I finished off that standards portfolio and I reached out to my principal to let her know that I had done this and I'm ready for the next step so we sat down and went through the whole portfolio and it was a very informal um formal meeting um where I had my web because I did it up on Weebly so I did it I got my website up and I went through and kind of summarized my um annotations and said that this is what this um evidence is and how it meets the standards and got that all ticked off. Um so pretty much most of the paperwork sorted. And then we organized a time for my principal to come in and observe me teach, um, which is extremely daunting. Um obviously um it wouldn't be the first time that uh she's come in to um while I'm teaching, but it's definitely the first time that she's come in with the attention to watch me teach and it wasn't as daunting as it probably would would be um, at the start of the year or it would have been last year because she's been doing a lot of walks and talks around the school where she will come into the classroom and ask students these five questions about what are they learning and why, um, how do they know how they're doing, um, oh how are they doing, how do they know and where can they go for help um so um it's not it's not a new thing to have my principal come in but it's definitely new to have her come in and just focus on what I'm doing uh, so she came in um at uh, a few weeks ago um towards the beginning of the, cur- the beginning of the term where and she came in and uh, observed one of my reading lessons um, and um, it was actually a very, very successful lesson. The students were beautiful as always. Um, this lesson uh, ran smoothly. The students picked it up really well. It was also one of my um, favourite reading lessons to teach. Um, every Thursday we do fluency, so we were actually starting to learn about speech marks, and that's always a fun thing to teach, and the kids love it, um, and just the system that we've got um, Um, kind of developed over the year it ran really smoothly so she watched up until like that whole mini lesson up until the active engagement um and she and she left (laughs) um in a really good mood she praised me quite a fair bit about how amazing this is and she actually um ha wants me to be able to share that with other staff in some way um and have other teachers come and observe what I'm doing Uh, She especially loved how I incorporated the five questions from the um, walks and talks into um, the lesson structure in order to assess and just to kind of double check that um, students are understanding what we're learning and why and um, kind of building that metacognition but also that responsibility of they know where to go for help and use the um, things around the classroom as the third teacher like the anchor charts and things like that. So that was um really positive and um she couldn't tell me enough about how amazing that was which was a bit of a <laughs> a bit of a relief um to know that cool that's a a nice tick um one step closer and um earlier during the week uh, I had another meeting with my principal and we finished filling out the rest of the paperwork I got my letter saying that um, I had completed the amount of hours of work that I needed to complete, um, statement of service, I believe it's called, and I got that mailed off. So, yay, that's really, really exciting and hopefully um, it won't take too long for them to um, send me the email to say that I'm a provision. So, I don't know what that means <laughs> for the name of my Instagram and podcast. Um, I'm still very much um, early career and feel like a graduate, I'll just um be on the next level which is really exciting and uh, so that um pretty much brings us to the end of today's episode i thank you so much for joining me here today um i do have something um in the works that's really exciting um possibly um a very special guest star will be coming up on to um the podcast in the near future um So look forward to that. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me today and make sure you um, hit that subscribe button, the little notification button to get automatic updates for when a new episode is released and head over to my Instagram, The Graduate Teacher, to see videos and photos of all the the behind-the-steve stuff, especially for all the stuff about book week. You'll be able to see videos and pictures from um, the activities that I did and also the costume and you can leave me a comment um about your thoughts on my costume but thank you so much for joining me here again today I hope you guys have a fabulous day